the Bible Study Podcast, episode 289. Today, the Bible Study Podcast does part three of a study on faith. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. As we planned this study, or as I planned this study on faith, it had been my intention in this week to do a study on the loss of faith, or what to do when we are tempted to lose faith. And that has proved to be probably more appropriate than I thought in light of some tragic events that have happened in the United States this last week with the school shooting in Connecticut. I can imagine that there are people who are losing faith. There are people who are saying, how could there be a God? How could a God allow something like this? Now, even though personally I look at something awful and terrible as that, as further proof that we live in a broken and fallen world, I could understand why someone would question at this kind of time. And so I want to look at some biblical examples of people with great faith who had difficulty at times when it seemed like they would lose their faith. And so let's look first at Elijah. Elijah, we've kind of danced around some of the studies about Elijah, and you may remember that Elijah at one point challenges the prophets of Baal to a pray-off, basically. He challenges them that each one will put together a burnt offering, but they won't provide the fire, and they will pray to their God, the prophets of Baal, to Baal, and Elijah to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and they will pray and see which God is real. And so the hundred prophets of Baal dance around and cut themselves and pray all day and nothing happens. And Elijah prays, and even though he has already wet down the altar, fire comes from the sky and consumes the altar, the offering, and all the water. You might think that's a happily ever after point in the story of Elijah, and it's not. Because right after that, Elijah fears for his life. Because even though he has defeated the prophets of Baal and the people have killed the prophets of Baal because they recognize them at least for a moment as being false prophets, Elijah has to flee for his life because they are also the prophets of the king. And so Elijah flees into the wilderness In the first part of chapter 19, which we won't read, he flees to the Mount Horeb and is fed there by God to go out to appear before God. And we're going to pick up the story in chapter 9. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he put his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, Go back the way you came, and go down and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazazel, king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, king over Israel. And anoint Elisha, the son of Shaphat, from Abel-Mahoah, to succeed you as prophet. 
Jehu will put to death any who escape from the sword of Hazazel, and Elisha will put to death any who escape from the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and whose mouths have not kissed him. So Elijah goes out, fleeing for his life into the wilderness, gets to the Mount of God, gets to the Mount Horeb, and he's come there because he's pretty much done at this point. He's pretty much done because it's just him. As far as he knows, he's the only one who is being faithful. He's the only one left. And let's put this into context again. Remember that the worship of Baal includes the killing of children includes child sacrifice. And so as horrific as this event was this week with 20 children being killed, Elisha is in a more horrific situation where as far as he knows, he's the only one left in Israel who understands that this is wrong. This is an offense to God and that they are worshiping a false God and that God is pretty pissed off about it. He is ready to die at this point. He should have showed at this point to the people that he worships the true God and that they're worshiping a false God. They had a test. They agreed it was a good test. They even agreed right afterwards that it was a good test. And yet he is fleeing for his life. And again, he has this sense that I'm the only one left. There's this interesting little tidbit here where Elijah's in this cave and he has to recognize as the ground shakes and there's an earthquake and as fire comes and as great wind blows that the Lord is not in those and yet recognizes the quiet whisper that is the voice of God and goes out to have this conversation with God. And that's an interesting aside from the main story here. The main story is Elijah's come here to get answers or he's come here to turn in his resignation or basically to say, I can't do it anymore. And has this encounter here where he has three different things that are big and dramatic and powerful, but recognizes that God is not in them. And then he hears the still small voice and recognizes it and goes out and talks to God. And I think there is something there about learning to recognize the voice of God. And I think we can learn to recognize the voice of God today. And I think it is helpful for us to learn to recognize the voice of God today, to spend time in prayer, to spend time in the scriptures today, and to learn to recognize when God may be moving before we're in the midst of the kind of turmoil that Elijah finds himself in. And we will probably not find ourselves ever in the place that we think we are the only one who remembers God. We're the only one who worships God. In fact, if we do, I'm a little worried about that. But he has this counter with God, and God says, first of all, I've, got, I've already got plans. Right? I mean, that's basically the whole paragraph here that God is saying is, I've got plans. First of all, there's 7,000 of you. There's not one of you. There's 7,000 of you. There's a remnant that's a faithful remnant who have never once bowed down to Baal, have never once kissed this idol, have never once kissed him. And I've got plans for what we're going to do, too. We've got Elisha, we've got Hazazel, we've got Jehu, and we're basically forming a team here. You're not on your own, and I knew before you got here that you weren't on your own. I had plans you didn't know about, and I'm working behind the scenes in ways that you didn't know. And I think that's something that's important for us to remember, too, in difficult times, because it's not always clear to us when God is working. It's not always clear to us what God is doing. 
And we often wonder where God is. And Elijah has this interesting encounter here where he finds out that God has been doing more than he thought in a world that is broken and fallen, in a world that is so screwed up that people in his day thought that the worship of this false God, that in the name of this false God, it was okay to sacrifice their own children. I mean, how screwed up can you get? And yet that's the world that Elijah found himself living in. And that's the world that he lamented before God here is, how can people not understand? How can I be the only one who gets it? Some lessons from this story. First of all, God doesn't chide Elijah for this crisis of faith. And Elijah does what Elijah should do with the crisis of faith. He takes it to God. Where do you go with crisis? Where do you go when your world collapses in around you as you go to God, as Elijah did? And he treks for days out here to the mountain of God. He goes to a place that he knows that he can meet God. And he goes there because he needs answers. He goes there because he is defeated. But in the process, he learns that he is not defeated. There are, so far as I know, no Baal worshipers here today. Baal was defeated eventually, but Elijah lived his life in the middle of that story. Elijah thought he was alone. He learned that he is not, and neither are you. God is with you, and there are faithful brothers and sisters on either side of you. And I think that's the other thing that Elijah learned that gave him strength is to know that he is not alone. And we saw that this last week as many of us gathered together to pray and gathered together to be together We are stronger together, and our faith is stronger together. And so Elijah comes down this mountain, and he does what God says. And God works out his purposes. God works out his plan. Such to the point of, you won't find a Baal worshiper anywhere these days. We've got other problems. But God continues to work out his plans, and he continues to work out his plans in his people in the midst of this, a broken and fallen world. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com or follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Life Audio presents Bridges with Monica Schmelter. That we have an enduring hope that can't be taken away when we are in Christ. And to know that we have that, right? And eternal salvation, because this world can be so busy and so dark that we can forget that. Right. Right? Because sometimes I get caught in the trappings of what's going on in my life this moment. And while I have to recognize that, that's not it. Continue listening on lifeaudio.com or wherever you find your podcast.